You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor George Willis, which is from our sermon series, Gather Together. For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Well, welcome to uh, Creekside Church, everyone. I want to welcome those online. Uh, Can we let those online know that we love them by making some noise? Come on. And those watching online, uh, you can make some noise by typing in an emoji or something. Let you know that you're with us. Uh, Hannah, I know you're watching. The Perry family, Ken and Jan, you're watching. Thank you from jo- uh, for joining us from Oregon. Uh, my sister Tammy's watching from, I think, Oregon. Uh, and I'm trusting that my mom is there. Uh, also, uh, there was others that I saw. Why can't? Kirkers are watching. Uh, all the way from uh, the pagan land called Crockett. And... Uh, who else? Uh, if, if you're watching, you got to let us know so we can see the names. you got to comment. you got to say something. Uh, but while you're figuring that out, we're going to get right into it. Welcome to week three of our series called Gathering Together. Uh, you, if you've been here for three weeks, you are officially an overachiever. Congratulations. Uh, to begin this morning, I'd like to read uh, out of... Uh, Uh, We're going to get into scripture, don't get me wrong, this is going to be biblically based, but I want to use an Aesop's fable as an illustration. Aesop's fable, and you may be familiar with it because it's a kid's fable, Uh, it's called a bundle of sticks. Anybody familiar with that story? Well, if you're not, I'm going to help you out. A bundle of sticks, it says a certain father had a family of sons who were forever quarreling among themselves. No words he could say did the least bit of good. So he cast about in his mind for some very striking, uh, for a, a very striking example that should make them see that discord would lead them to misfortune. One day, when the quarreling had been much more violent than usual, and each of the sons uh, was moping in kind of a surly manner, he asked one of them to bring him a bundle of sticks. Then handling, or handing the bundle of sticks to each of his sons in turn, he told them to try and break it. But although each one tried his best, none of his sons were able to break the bundle. The father then untied the bundle and gave each of the sons a stick, a single stick, to break one by one. And guess what? They did it very easily. He says, my sons, the father said, do you not see how certain it is that if you agree with each other and help each other, it will be impossible for your enemies to injure you. But if you are divided among yourselves, you will will be no stronger than a single stick out of that bundle. Now, I realize that this is just a simple children's story, a children's fable. But it also can be applied to a number of situations, many of which you were probably imagining as we kind of read through this. Today, however, as it pertains to the church, this lesson is a powerful and simple one. We, you and I, we are stronger together than we are alone. 
We are stronger together than we are alone. The church, when the church gathers, there is a strength. We gather together for strength. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Father God, we thank you for this time that we get to gather together, not because we have to, but because we get to. And I pray, Lord, that you give us uh, grace to work together uh, and the ears to hear and the eyes to see that we are stronger than we are apart. And if you agree with me, say amen. Uh, Today, I want to go through four passages, four passages out of God's Word that we're going to look at as we discuss the strength that we experience when we gather together, gather together. To begin, uh, who brought their actual Bible? Come on, raise it high. That's so cool. You can flip it. I don't know if you can hear this actual pages. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 14. If you have your Bible on your digital device, which is totally cool, uh, click on Proverbs 14, chapter 14. We're going to look at verse 4. Proverbs 14, verse 4. And if you didn't bring your Bible, totally cool. Uh, We got it on the screens for you. It says this, "Where uh, where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the what? strength of an ox comes abundant harvests now some some translations says that uh, some trans sorry my i'm i'm kind of worried about my insulin some translations of proverbs this proverbs passage says where there are no oxen the manger is clean that'll preach right there Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. I think we all understand what that means. If you don't want a mess, then you need to have an empty manger. manger. Right? Because as you can imagine, getting a bunch of oxen, I don't know if you are familiar with oxen, but getting a bunch of oxen together can be uh, super messy. And for the record, and and, and can, can we be honest about something right now? For the record... Being in community is messy too, isn't it? In fact, it can get so messy that there are many of us who've experienced hurts, wounds, and some of us are still dealing with visible scars of being part of a community. Truth is, when you get a bunch of people together like oxen, it it, it can be straight up a messy business. I mean, just think, different personalities, different styles, different likes and dislikes, different values, different politics. And then what happens? All it takes is one statement, one word, maybe even just a look. And it throws everything into a tailspin. Then all of our brokenness and all of our insecurities and all of our past hurts or maybe all of our imperfections, what happens? They begin to wreak havoc. Not just in our lives, but in the lives of people around us. Some years ago, I I remember coming into a a community of faith where I thought, okay, new opportunity. This is going to be good. It's going to be awesome. I'm totally excited. God's called us to somewhere and we're going to make this happen and 
And then, uh, and if you've known me for any amount of time, I've always been tagged in how I look. Like, I, I look unapproachable. And one time in this certain community, I, I was told, hey, listen, man. And I, I can't help, I just, I just look that way. I said, listen, man, I, I got an issue. You come off as super unapproachable. But then I thought to myself, yet here you are approaching me to tell me that. Listen, the, the bottom line is community is messy. Church is messy. It's totally messy. But the flip side, however, and the beauty of Proverbs 14.4, what, what, what Proverbs 14.4 captures is that the same bunch of messy oxen, guess what, can bring about an incredible harvest. The same group of dirty, messy oxen can also yield an incredible harvest harvest because if you know anything about oxen you know that oxen are strong oxen are stubborn oxen are messy and oxen need a lot of care and direction through the harvest and if you're really paying attention this is probably sounding very familiar I mean, are you starting to wonder if we're talking about oxen or if we're talking about the person sitting right next to you? The truth is, is that Jesus has chosen us. Chosen us. Who? Us. Not, not the pastor, not them, not they, not the staff. He chose us. He chose you. He chose me. He chose you to do what? To build His church. Jesus chose us to be and build His church. See, we're, we are what Peter calls living stones, being built into a spiritual house. And even though it's messy and even though it's hard, there is a harvest that comes when, when we pull together our collective strengths, when we come together for the sake of the gospel. Church, we are stronger when we work together. And we will see a greater impact, we will see a greater harvest working together than we will working alone. Speaking of being alone, let me ask you. What do you think the benefit to the devil is when you're alone? I mean, we talked about some of the benefits of being together, the strength that we have when we're together. What do you think some of the benefits for the enemy are when you're alone? When you disconnect yourself. When you say, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be involved in a small group. I don't need to, you know, be around other people. To be a Christian? What benefit is it to the devil if you're alone? What does our enemy gain if you remove yourself and you disconnect yourself and you get out of the habit of meeting together and decide to take this journey of faith all by yourself? What does the enemy gain? As you think about your answer, let me ask you to turn, or let me invite you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 
about being together. It says, be alert and sober mind. Uh, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for who? Someone to devour. Now, there's two observations I want to make out of this verse or this passage. First, Peter compares the hunting style of the devil to that of a lion. And I'm just curious, has anyone ever watched a nature show, maybe Discovery Channel, YouTube clip, uh, or Animal Planet on lions? If you, if you have, you may know this, that lions are lazy hunters. Yeah, they're powerful. They got a mean growl, but they're lazy. Watch this. Because the second, I mean, they, 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 what do they do? They prowl around looking for the young, looking for the weak, looking for the hurt, looking for the old. See, they don't attack a herd. They look for those who are separated and isolated from the group. Are you with me? Lions want easy targets, and I think Peter's correct in, in his choice of words when he compared the devil to a lion. And the second observation has to do with Peter's word choice in verse 5-8. He specifically says, someone. Notice he doesn't say he's looking for a church. He's looking for a group. He's looking for a small group. He says, someone. Someone to devour. The devil, like the lion, is looking for an easy target to kill, uh, to kill, steal, and destroy. He knows that someone in fellowship with others, being encouraged and strengthened by others, is much more difficult prey than someone walking through faith all by themselves. Simply put, there's strength in numbers. Their strength in numbers. Let me give you an example. Who can I use as a guinea pig? Huh? I'm going to ask my friend Ryan. Can you give Ryan? A, he's a Discover Ministry School student. He's a... Ryan, come up here. And uh, for this magic trick, you have no idea what I'm going to do, do you? No. Okay. Uh, he's going through our Discover Ministry School program right now because he has the call of being a pastor put on his life. So... All right, Ryan, I'm going to stand right there and face me. Now, if, if I took this rubber band and I threw it at you, do you think it would have any impact? Let's try. What if I threw, like, more at you? What if I took, like, a handful and threw it at you? No? No impact, right? A single rubber band is not going to have any impact uh, coming at you, I don't, no matter how fast you hurl it. But what if I take a ball of rubber bands intertwined that, uh, that are all tightly wound together. Yeah, it's messy. Yeah, it may not come off perfectly, but, I mean, it's pretty solid. And if I just kind of, you know... Do it. Do it. No, <laughs> Do you think this is going to have an impact on you? Yeah. If it came at you at the speed that I threw those rubber bands? Yep. See, I think, you know, we as a church are similar to this. I think as a single rubber band Christ follower, you're not going to have much of an impact. What's that? Oh, yeah, you're done. Thank you. <laughs> not much impact with a single rubber band. You can't do much damage, and you can't protect yourself too well. 
but bound together, intertwined, interlocked, tangled together. Even if it's messy, even if it's not pretty, it's going to have impact. More than just one rubber band. This is going to have a greater impact. Listen, you wouldn't walk through a dark alley at night in a rough part of the neighborhood by yourself, would you? And also, you don't need to travel through the valley of the shadow of death all by yourself either. God is building a spiritual house. God is building a church out of love, uh, living stones that are stronger together when they're intertwined, when they're connected, when they're in community, when we gather together. Like the bundle of sticks that we uh, read about in Aesop's fable, bound together by a string. See, the thing that binds us together is our faith. And our bonding agent is Jesus. We gather together for strength. Now, as you think through the last two passages I gave you, you know, and then uh, even the last one, 1 Peter 5.8, I want you all to think about this verse from Ecclesiastes 4.12, which says, The one may be overpowered. Read this with me. Two can defend themselves. One may be overpowered, but how many can defend themselves? A cord of three strands not quickly broken. See, there are so many someones out there. So many someones. So many single rubber bands out there who can be overpowered. But two can work together and three is not quickly broken. As an example of this, just consider for a moment that Jesus, what did he do? He sent out his disciples one by one? No. He sent them out in pairs, in, in pairs to share the good news about the kingdom. Think about God looking, at, looking on at Adam when he created him in the garden and realizing that he said this, it was not good for man to be what? Alone. So why do we fight for that? Especially in our faith. Think about the plurality of leadership modeled by the early church and the extensive list of people working together for the sake of the gospel that Paul gives us in Romans. There are almost endless examples to choose from, but the point being is this, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Together we, are great, uh, together we see a greater harvest and we can have a bigger impact in our community. Together. Together we are better protected and provided for. You know, I, I, I remember this one story of this, uh, it was, a pastor was telling it and he was preaching to a church and he got up and he, and he you know, he said, welcome everyone. And the whole, and he started off his message, you know, God says to love one another love one another and he just kind of stopped there and paused for a moment he said God said to love one another 
And he stopped for a moment, paused. He said, I don't, I don't think you're all hearing me. God said to love one another. And then all of a sudden, a gentleman steps up in the church going, I, I've been out of work and I'm looking for a job. He says, God said to love one another. And then someone stood up saying, I'm an, I got a business and I'm looking for an employee. God said to love one another. And someone stood up and says, I'm not going to make ends meet. The, I need groceries. And then someone else stood up and said, you know, let me help you with your groceries. Are you getting the point, church? We're called to love one another. And we can't do that by ourselves. We have to do this together. And together we are better protected and we're better provided for. And we are stronger together than we are apart. We are stronger together than we are apart. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as we close. I want to share with you one more verse. I said four, right? I didn't say three, I said four. One more verse that I want to share with you that I skipped over earlier. This is Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. And the first line of this verse says what, church? Read it out loud. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I know there are people here today who have been facing some difficult circumstances. I know that there are people watching online who have been facing some difficult circumstances. Maybe you've had a string of bad events that have taken place one after another that have put you in a a tough spot. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe Maybe you're having difficult difficulty paying your bill. Maybe you've lost a loved one recently. Maybe you're the one who is sick, maybe hurting. Maybe you're weary. Maybe you're here today where you're feeling like, man, I, you know what? I just need a hand up. I just need a hand up, someone to reach out their hand to help me up to get me back on my feet again. Listen, part of being strong, part of our strength is knowing when to ask for help. I was going to say there's no Lone Rangers and we all need to be the Tontos, but... If, if you're under 45, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Knowing, realizing we have strength is knowing when we need to ask for help. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Listen, Creekside Church. My question is this. And this is a question that every single one of us need to ask being part of this community of faith called Creekside Church. 
How can I help another today? How can we help each other today? How can I help lift someone else up today? How can we lift each other up? Because let's gather together and see how, what God does through that. See, that's community. That's the church. That is strength. Even Jesus said, when He was telling Peter, Hey, Peter, I, I, you, I'm telling you, you are going to be the rock upon which I build my church. And He was talking about gathering people together as we assemble and gather together. He said this, and He finished that statement, The gates of hell will not prevail because of the strength of His church. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the gates of hell is probably more significant than some of the worries that consume us in everyday life. So if us gathering together as Christ's church can, you know, stand against the gates of hell, what do you think it's going to do for some of the things you face? Whatever you do, I pray, we as a church choose and we continue to choose strength together. And I pray that some of those who have felt forgotten, left behind, overlooked, would remember today that you are stronger. You are stronger in this community of faith as well. Listen, I know that the, the church, Creekside Church, we can help. But I'm here to tell you this truth. Being in the habit of meeting together with others in a small group, the church can help. But being in relationship with others in a smaller group, that can make the difference. You don't believe me? I want to encourage every single one of you to sign up today for one of our small groups where we're focusing on going through God's Word, the Bible. Sign up today and, and be a part of a small group. If you've been feeling like, I'm not making any connections, I don't know anybody, I just show up, get into a small group. If you're feeling like, I, I don't know if I can make it this week, I, I don't know, you know what tomorrow may bring, I don't know how I'm going to get through this circumstance I'm dealing with in life. Get into a small group. Connect with others. There's strength in community. And watch what God does. Watch what God does. Watch what God does. Let's not break the habit of meeting together. I'm here, I just heard a story last week. Yeah, we got out of the habit of going to church, so I haven't been in a year. Don't let the enemy in. Don't leave room for the enemy to get in. Watch what God does. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had to gather together. And I pray that we are strengthened, our faith is strengthened, um, and our focus on you 
and our relationship is also strengthened. Not because of what we're doing, but because of who you are, Father. We are sorry for making, uh, making it about anything other than you. And Father, for those of us who are feeling disconnected, I pray in the name of Jesus that you create pathways that are easily identifiable for us to get connected with other people that we can build relationships with and we can experience your power through. Thank you so much, Father, that you work through other people. And thank you for this community of faith that you call Creekside Church. And Father, I pray if I pray that people can get connected with other people, Father, as messy as it can be. We look past the mess and we see your perfection. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Amen.